keep going. Welcome back to the Keep Going Podcast. What started as an insightful conversation at the dinner table between Michael and his wife, Lena, inspires this dive into the nature of the meaning of running and life, and a challenge is issued. This episode is a conversation based on an idea that was burning a hole in Michael's mind. We'd already had a topic planned, but we needed to pivot, and Michael had the courage to unpack this concept with me and, as it turns out, with all of you. We have not checked in on the journey of Atreyu in quite a while, and here entrepreneurship acts as an initial spark, but this conversation goes deeper into what might be called the ultimate aim of running, of business, and even of self. Of course, those of you who know, know that when one's existential dread stirs up the big questions, you're in deep water, and drowning feels inevitable. No one can help, nor should they, because we all know that trying to save a drowning person by swimming out to their aid is very dangerous. And if we're being honest, most of us really don't want anyone else to be there with us anyway. In this scenario, even the optimists among us will tend to see the glass as significantly less than half full. But by the time this conversation ensued, Michael had pushed off the bottom of the deep end and it surfaced with a concept he really wanted to explore. Curiosity. He unpacked us a little bit in his recent vlog for Atreyu. You can find that linked in the show notes. And here we go deeper and share our perspectives on how curiosity underlies all learning, all growth, all development. And we tie in running and life as sitting on the bedrock of this curiosity. Open awareness, dreams, insight meditation, yoga, mindfulness, bodyfulness, simplicity, human potential, Zen, enlightenment, and many other concepts pop up in this conversation. Also, we issue a challenge designed around an experiment that Michael's calling 10,000 Runs. Who among you are interested in stealing the culture? If you are, email me at sisson at tellusrunning.com with your thoughts. So pull up a chair, sit down at our table, and join us as we dig deep into this episode that we call 10,000 Runs, Curiosity as Ultimate Aim. Godspeed, my friends. Godspeed. No, it's true. It's, it's true, true, man. It's true. <laughs> well, Steve, you're coming into this one co- almost completely blind because I have the topic. That's we it. were going to do the Maffetone episode this week, but we want to do a little bit more prep on it. I want to do a little bit more prep on it. You want to do a little I bit more prep on it. I definitely want to do more prep on it. I, I, ba- I, ba- I said, dear Michael, I haven't done my homework. <laughs> but I have a burning desire, so it's actually very timely. Good. And if you've read The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer, you know that sometimes you just got to go into whatever is the opportunity ahead. And this week, I've been thinking a lot about this concept of curiosity. In fact, I'm obsessed with it. I'm completely obsessed with it. (laughs) Lena and I were sitting at the dinner table two nights ago, and Atreyu's been like, the, the shoe company has been... I'm not going to say it's lacking luster. I'm just saying it's like kind of, it's in a spiritual retreat. I'm in a spiritual retreat. I've been reading a book called 
How to Eat the Big Fish. And it's it's kind of about this idea of a challenger brand. And uh, it's got me thinking very dynamically. And it's kind of cascading into every single thing I'm doing. And it's made its way into the Keep Going podcast. Well, and that's a beautiful book. Yeah. If it has, if it ha- that's a beautiful concept. If it can, if yeah. it trickles down into all every of your life. Every single thing. And if you're interested in stuff like this, um, go check it out. If, you're, if you fancy yourself a marketer, read the book and you will understand why exactly you are not a marketer <laughs> and that we all have things to learn. And, um, and it's just a great like discourse on what a market leader is, you know, what are the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, 20th in line, how'd they get there, Virgin Airlines, Oatly, um, Pepsi, like all these great names that we have come to know and like how they've gotten there. So it's got me thinking pretty dynamically about like a couple things, voice in the market, voice in general, what is our voice and what is our kind of um what do we stand for like what do we stand for so anyway this podcast isn't necessarily about that but that's kind of the genesis of the conversation that my wife and I were having at the dinner table and Atreyu touts ourselves as this like kind of um you know harbor of simplicity like I was once told that simplicity is the key to happiness and success and specifically what that meant at that time was get out of your car and get on your bicycle and go ride around New Orleans because you can't understand a city and how it feels if you're not on a bicycle. Not necessarily even on a run. There's something special about a bicycle. And I was told this by a, a, a guy that I greatly respect. And I just rode the city and started doing small things like taking the last parking spot at the the restaurant warehouse where we used to pick up food. We never had to look for a spot. If you found the last spot in the parking lot, you always had a spot. You walk a little, it's a simple concept, but it's, it requires good, hard, you know, honest work. So anyway, that was been kind of the highest level of what I think we stand for. And we were challenging that actually, like, do we actually stand for simplicity? Interesting. You know, like, I don't know. I've kind of been, in a weird world, I'd be scared to even admit that we don't. <laughs> and it, you know what I mean? So I'm like, well, you're so, so in on a concept that you can't even think about. You can't even challenge that, it. Because if you do, then you're not, then you've been full of shit. All exactly. Right. So I'm like, what if, what if that wasn't the thing that we stood for? What was the original intent? Mm. I was sitting on a couch in um, Lake Charles, Louisiana. I was having a conversation And I literally said out of my mouth, you know, I just want to do something that's amazing and that I'm tired of people telling me that things are impossible. I'm tired of being boxed in. I'm going to take on Nike. And I don't know why Nike, because I think like the saliency or the front of mindness that you understand or think about when you think about shoes, like nine out of 10 people, 10 out of 10 people are going to say like, Hey, running shoes, go Nike. All right, cool. And so naturally here I am a nobody knowing nothing, sitting on this couch, training for a marathon of no known time, just did an Ironman, just, you know, 
flapping in the wind, just just trying my best to like understand like why I'm in love with all this stuff. I'm like, you know what it would really up the game if I start my own shoe company? You know, so I'm sitting there and there's this like moment where I'm curious. I'm curious to break through what everybody else thinks. I'm curious to break through what the standards are, what the market leaders are telling us, what's going on, what the sub three, you know, like all these ideas that we are, we've grown accustomed to. And that was the moment that I started the company. So I'm like, shit, man, maybe simplicity is a value, but our core value is curiosity. It's curiosity of potential and kind of, there was a concept in the uh, eating the big fish, which is kind of like this um, intelligent naivety, like mm-hmm. where you come into something and there's only possibilities. And it's one of the, uh, the core credos of like the challenger. And I'm thinking, how special is this to kind of uncover that original intent? What if that changed everything? What if we became curious again? And then I thought, let me hear what Steve has to say about this. And let's kind of go ahead and, and just kind of discuss this concept within the confinement of running culture. We talk a lot about stealing the culture back. We talk a lot about what is the culture? What is the zeitgeist of running? Is it curious or is it confined? Is it bound to an idea or do we think, what if we did go out there and try our best? What if we did go out there and you say it would be hard? It would be the hardest thing that we'd ever done if we tried our best. So like, what if, what if the culture of running was predicated on this curiosity of our potential? So interesting because in the pandemic, I was, um, you know, my business suffered greatly. Most people's did, but mine did especially because there were no races. Mm-hmm. And I had just um, kind of been, I'd started my business in 2019. And so I'd had a year of of growth and was growing and finally finding my feet, and getting into a good place and feeling like I was good behind the microphone in terms of creating the content I needed, good getting it disseminated to my athletes and good with my athletes feeling like they were getting just the right mix of challenge and insight. So they had somebody guiding them, but they also had to figure some of that stuff out themselves because I didn't have the whole thing laid out for them perfectly. And then we go through the pandemic and people just disappear. And in that process, I just say, what if I'm into this and I was also on a mission to figure out what telos meant what your ultimate aim is what is our purpose because i named my business that yeah and so what's our ultimate aim and when i went down that road really deep and and in a way from a business perspective and from a personal perspective and from a running perspective because i was running pretty consistently at that time too really well and at the end of it all out of you know three to four months in i i announced on my podcast I think I now know what everyone's ultimate aim is. What hubris right? for me to sure, say, yeah, yeah. I've got this idea that I've been examining it. And, but let me tell you, motherfuckers, this is what our ultimate purpose is. What I came up with is akin to, it's, it's a kissing or a sister, a twin sister to curiosity and it's learning. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to learn. We're trying to learn what it means to be human, to be a human that runs. This is basically comes down to curiosity because without, because what is before the learning? The curiosity. The curiosity. 
and and that curiosity says, who am I? What am I? Why am I? And ultimately, these are questions our society does not allow in the public discourse, unless you want to um, have hours to unpack it or are a part of a kind of a deep thinking philosophical bent or you're in a religious tradition, right? Um, or maybe if you're in, in a 12-step program because they do do that kind of stuff mm -hmm. in those places too. But you've got to kind of get down to brass tacks and most of us are too busy to be getting into brass tacks and some of us don't have the disposition to do that. Personally, I am. I'm, I'm like, let's get down to the ontology yeah. of it. Like what what is the what are we doing? Why mm -hmm. are we here? Which, which sparked all this. So what I'm saying is, Yes, let's dive into this because I do think this question of curiosity and learning um, and the the aim of that, and, and I think this is critical because one of the things that's really important that I've learned over the years is that we can make these broad statements about curiosity or learning, but if we don't give some practical, pragmatic tips for what that means and how you can see it in your life, then it it's problematic because it's a concept and it's mm -hmm. a theory, you know? I think this is the tr struggle with simplicity. Mm -hmm. The struggle with simplicity is what's simple. That's, it's so, it takes on so many different, the reason that simplicity is being challenged right now is because if it were a great concept, a truly earth shattering concept, then it would be attracting more momentum. But it's not a beacon of light like it's an idea it's a it's a tactic it's like a tool and it's one of the tools that i think we'll need if we're curious and we're wanting to learn but i don't know if it's on the highest level no or the lowest level like i like i like to you go high i go low right because yeah. you and mm -hmm. i have different on we have a different ways of looking at it mm -hmm. but to me it's the bedrock so at, when i was trying to break all of what running down is like r all of it why we race why we train, why we wake up in the morning, what we, all the things that are, when I, and this is why I love pain points. Like, where are your pain points? Because at the pain point is your purpose. Right. And underneath that purpose is likely, in my opinion, the human project, the human condition is suffering. And the curiosity about why we suffer is what made the Buddha the Buddha. Right. Not accepting the, 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 story of the the Jewish people and Judaism and what it was, the temple version of Judaism is what made Jesus so radical. Muhammad, same thing. What was going on in that place in that, you know, he had a meeting with an angel and like, what's going on with that? It's a curiosity of it's potential a too. It's, it's, potential it's an human. interesting concept. What are we capable of? I read this, um, I read this statistic that the, our relationships, uh, our our partners, our family members, and our close friends are the highest relationship that we have. That's obviously right below that. Right below that, they I forget which study it was, but it was our it was our dwellings. Mm. It was our relationship with our home is second to our loved ones how we how we're feeling comfortable and it's almost like when you become an adult the the home is is the thing that helps us feel um warm safe secure 
my theory is that our relationship, our physical relationship, and a lot of times if you're a runner and you have adopted running in this part of your life, I think it's number three. I think running is right under our homes. Well, you could also extrapolate the idea of home as your body. And as a runner, home is in the body. Right. It's the physical part to the dwelling. I think it's so important to us. And what's what the, the irony surrounding this kind of like hypothesis that our relationship with running is one of the top, it I would say the top three, but easily the top five relationships if we really take it seriously, our movement practice, whatever that is, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's up there with the best of the best. The, the irony is that I think I, I keep coming back to this idea that we do a, such a great job of convoluting that relationship and kind of killing our curiosity because of so many things, people, places, ideas, the zeitgeist, the culture, the whatever. And I think... I think that I'm going to start exploring how people can have a better relationship with running. And what got me so excited about that is that it's not, it doesn't eliminate the elite and it doesn't eliminate the pro and it doesn't eliminate the beginner. It's everything. Like your relationship with running is, it's, it's all levels. And so it is inclusive. It's a very inclusive idea. It could be a cultural relationship with runners. It could be your community of runners. Like it's, it's fascinating to me, but I really do think as I got to thinking about it, I'm like, oh my God, like we've gone and really, really uh, compromised this relationship. And if we don't do something to protect it, I mean, we could really fuck it up. I mean, do you, do you, is, am I just like losing my mind thinking about this kind of getting sucked into this train of thought or? No, no. I think you're on to a very important thing because in my experience, so this idea of a beautiful race that I've been unpacking for a very long time, it's founded on this concept of curiosity. Um, I use a different term for it, which is um, self-trust, learning to trust yourself, but trusting yourself even requires that curiosity in the first place. So again, we're going back to curiosity being the root place. You have to move out from the place you're at to get into something other so that you can grow and learn, right? And that curiosity is the place where that comes from. It's the, a body at rest stays at rest, a body in motion stays in motion. We have those concepts, right? Those those laws of dynamics, whatever they are. But what? where is the step from body at rest to body in motion? Curiosity. It's, yeah, you it's got it. It's just curiosity. And so when I'm standing there in the middle of a workout with athletes and they're struggling, what I really do try to get them to do is to get curious. Yeah. Because if I can get them to get curious, they will then be in a place. Now, what this is this is a crucial thing, though. Okay, so what is required, getting practical a little bit, what is required for curiosity? And a, I think a self-awareness, maybe? Yes, an openness. 
Yeah, absolutely. Because if you're closed, you're not curious. You're mm-hmm. shut down, shut off, and you can't go into a space. So what I'm trying to do in that moment where they're suffering and they're in a, in a pain point, where they're having this constriction, I try to open them a little bit to say, hey, what is, what's going on here? Why is this happening? And sometimes they won't go there because it's just too painful. It's okay. Just keep going. Do another rep and see what happens. But I'm not going to let you off the hook. You still got to keep going. Or go cool down and then you'll come back and you'll be like, fuck, I missed my opportunity. Because what you, what you really are is not needing to hit that next rep. The next rep doesn't do anything except, except, just fulfill, the next rep. except fulfill the curiosity of mm. you could get through that last rep. Mm-hmm. And curious if all these reps are going to equate to a particular time on a particular day in a race. Or maybe more even foundationally and fundamentally help you discover what you're all about. And the reason why running is so good for this, why this is a better, safer place than our relationships, than our work, than our career, is that we walk away from it for hours of a day. It's a simulation. It's I've a, always seen running as a simulation. It's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's a utopia if we want it. It's also a dystopia. Like it's, it's everything we want it to be. It's just like meditation. Mm-hmm. It, and, and, it, and it, it serves the equal purpose. That's now people the, want to equate them, and I and I have so many people have said to me, I don't find running and meditation as the same thing because they're not the same thing. One is movement. One is taking your mind into a different. It's an altered state of consciousness, mm-hmm. just like this is the thing. Running takes you out of normal attentional awareness. You're in an altered state, just like you are when you meditate, just like you are when you smoke a joint, just like you are when you drink a cup of coffee. Uh, the other day I was talking to somebody and they're like, I'm sorry, I got in an argument. I was really, really not there because I'd done a long, long, he was a cyclist. I did a long, long, long ride and I drank way too much coffee. And then I met a person and I had a fight with them when I didn't mean to. It's like, he knew that wasn't his core self. And he had had all these altered, he had this long ride and this, all, he's like, we, these altered states of consciousness, we don't, we don't offer them up. Eat, Eat an orange. An orange, if you eat an orange, really consciously, it's an altered state of consciousness. And all people don't want to... That's the concept of Zen walking. People don't want to hear this. No, they don't. It's like, it's the, and it's the same transaction. Because they can go back to sleep because they want to mm-hmm. be asleep. Curiosity is the sleep killer. It's the getting out of, it's taking the dream into reality. So the sleep designed to heal, recover, recuperate. However, this weird thing happens when we sleep. We fucking dream, whether you're conscious of it or not. And something's going on. What the hell's going on when we dream? The dream is to send us back out into the world to be curious and to go after whatever's there. And a lot of times our dreams are the things that are setting us out to go do that and we're not even aware of them. People who do dream work, they realize this pretty quickly. Oh, my dreams are actually dictating the next best step mm-hmm. or a choice of steps that I could take and I could take one and then not. And then I go back to sleep and I wake up and I work back through it. Super interesting. Like mm-hmm. the universe is here to help us. I think we can mobilize this. Absolutely. I really think that there is a cultural element that running can provide it would be the equivalent of you know i'd like to know how many people do yoga for the mindfulness aspects of it and how many do it because they want to rock their core you know so it's like i i think that there's a there is a definite delineation between those who do yoga for their body and those who do yoga for their mind well i would argue that yoga is so so here, here but I guess it's that's what's the interesting thing yeah so I think mindfulness needs to stay in its lane I think we have allowed mindfulness way too 
broad a spectrum. Mindfulness is a very simple insight-based meditation practice designed from the Thai forests. Came from, it came from the jungles of people sitting with the Buddha's ideas and they just broke it down to the most, it's like, it's like fundamentalist Christian is insight meditation. It's just only the mind, only the sitting. Then Zen's similar, Zen's very yeah. similar, only the sitting, not adding anything else to it. And that's mindfulness. That's just being in the mind, present, quiet, stated. There's another thing that I call bodyfulness. Now, this is where movement practices come in. This is yoga. This is this is a, a martial art. This is uh, Aikido, Judo, Karate, uh, Brazilian, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. These things, now some of those things also have a sport element. This is the nice thing about yoga is like it doesn't, you know, except for the spiritual gangster people, they're doing it as a competitive sport, by the way, <laughs> which always is so, like when I see that, like this yoga brand that's spiritual gangster, I'm always like, what the Okay. <laughs> Maybe it's designed to make me say what the fuck. And so therefore it got, it got what it wanted out of it. But anyway, uh, so I just wanted to delineate some of that curiosity. The curiosity of the mind usually requires some kind of seated time spent quietly allowing the mind to calm so that you can stay in that space that is open awareness and whatever that is. Bodyfulness is designed a little bit differently. To me, it's like awareness, constriction, awareness, constriction, awareness, constriction. And I would argue that Curiosity is this constriction, but it requires an openness to get any realization this, from it. This is why I want to challenge, you know, and I probably, if, if you're into yoga and you're probably thinking, this guy's full of shit <laughs> because, but I want, I want to fully admit that there was like two years where I like was all in, all in. And I even went to India to do yoga classes. I went to Rishikesh. Like you went I, did the whole the, way. I did the whole thing, man. <laughs> and Michael, don't fuck around. Like, yeah, I, I was really like. But Are I'm we, also speaking from a guy that lost his acumen for the practice because exactly what I'm talking about. I was confined. I became less curious. I was confined in the. And maybe it was the, I don't know if it was the culture, if it was just where I was getting my information from me, myself, like I, 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 a, I suffered from limited thinking and I started thinking I'm not flexible. This is a big crock of shit for me and I'm not going to ever unlock the magic. And I became limited and I, and I chose something you, else. I just, you moved just didn't, on. you just didn't have a good teacher and I wasn't curious. You didn't have you a, know, good teacher. About, a good teacher would have brought you back to your curiosity. A good teacher would have said, okay, you're having this constriction. What does it feel like? What does it taste like? What does it smell like? What is the experience of it? Why is it happening? What, what is going on here? And this is, this is what a good coach does in running. Is mm -hmm. it, it, that good coach, male or female, is, okay, well, we've got a problem here, but the problem is not really a problem. It's actually the solution. Because wherever the pain point is, is it's, it's tantra, okay? It's like the poison, the cure is in the poison. The poison's in the cure. Like it's, they're, both, they're both the same. It's yin-yang. It's like all the same. But you need the curiosity to get yourself into that open space, right? Like, like you have to open back up. And you were closed in your yoga practice. Right. And somatically, it's easy to do this. This is where running is all those movement practices, anything that is bodyful, as I was describing. See, that's it. why I've gravitated towards running because it is such a 
it's such an interesting but way you have to let it go it, mm. just like in mindfulness what do you have to do My, thought comes up let it go a thought comes up let it go and when you're running it's the same thing a thought comes up let it go a pain comes up let it go just keep moving just keep moving stay open but then you have to say so what's the point of that now a person has to feel like this idea of curiosity needs an end point michael there's a problem for curiosity just like simplicity is a problem because for simplicity many people don't value what a simple life feels like because there's something else they need to get because there's this human element of this is why curiosity is more root it's more base because you want it something else you got to move outside of your current situation which simplicity would say hey chill you got everything you need everything's just fine but I think the, the closest I got to why this is so important is I'm imagining a world that's more that each individual is more curious as to their potential and what would happen if we were all living in that in that type if that if that was the culture at large like what what life form would the sport take on if it was more curious so i would argue that it is curious it just doesn't recognize its curiosity so in essence what we're doing what i'm saying here is like what you're describing is already why people are doing it but they're not aware of it why because because we don't culturally value curiosity as a means to an as like, it always has to have a means to an end this is why i asked you what's the end point curiosity oh you get an answer and then what well be more curious be more curious like you see very quickly for a culture that's designed around getting a particular result it's more about the result so the curiosity is the place i want to find out what i'm capable of but then very quickly the culture messes with it this is the same thing I mean, ultimately, the Buddha says we're already enlightened, right? Mm -hmm. But the great Zen master, the, I think he was 13th century Japanese Zen master, um, Dogen, said, listen, there is this, if we're already enlightened, then why do we need to practice? <laughs> because we're not enlightened until we have the experience of enlightenment. So you're not really curious so you start with curiosity because that's the natural thing to get out of your shell to go run. Why would somebody train? Why do you get up at 530 in the morning and go, why do you go do the work? If you're going to run a marathon, you're going to be, and you're prepared, like most of the people listening to this, they're going to be prepared. The reason they did that was curiosity. Okay, I, I argue. But then our culture confuses that by, with a lot of other things, but pursuing a pursuing the goal, getting after the goal, and the goal being Like why are thing. so many people trying to run a, a 259? marathon because it's just there it's it's isn't it interesting that but they don't recognize i've curiosity. almost called every time that i've ever run in every race based off of what i think i should run i don't know if i've ever been truly if you were to lean in to the potential of it like if you want people to have a reason to do this like i don't know like maybe go start a shoe company like it's a miracle that we exist like truly it would have but it's not it's very practical like it's that's what's fascinating it is and it isn't so this is the this is the so the like what conundrum. what is my marathon time like who knows like like i like it's so interesting that in I fact i in love the boston marathon and i love 
that it's given me kind of a motivation, but that qualifying time, I'm wondering if it's limited me on something that would even be earth shatteringly better than what I've done so far. If I was curious about my potential, which would mean recovering a little bit more intentionally, running a little bit more intentionally, waking up every single day and wondering what I could do to be the runner and have that relationship that I could only dream of that seems impossible. All right. Here's another Sisson slash Telos cliche. Mm -hmm. You don't train to prove fitness. You train to gain fitness. That statement is derived from the experience of watching many, many, many people spend most of their time proving their fitness. And if they didn't prove their fitness in training and they just explored their fitness, if they just developed their fitness, this is all just different words for curiosity, they improve more quickly. This is the, the secret behind my three pace range that I use with my athletes. I'm just tricking them into the curiosity. I'm saying don't, don't, don't constrict your mouth, your, your, because the, the curiosity requires go, a goal. To go, you got, this is why I think, this is something that's really important, and I'm, I'm stumbling here because I've repeated it a couple times and you, I've been, you haven't jumped on it. That doesn't mean that I'm right. It, just, it doesn't mean that I'm not right, and it doesn't mean that you, do we need, if we're curious, where does it, what's that, the end point? Correct. What's the goal for curiosity? I need you to answer that for me because then we've got some kind of piece to sudden start threading the needle or connecting the dots towards that. I'm going to keep coming back to um, a more th like a thriving culture, like the the the. But I don't know if that's good enough. Like I'm imagining my relationship with running when I started running the the intense the intensity phase that first six months where everything is just coming together i'm becoming this person that i didn't know i'd become like there was so much just like any relationship you have intensity and then you kind of level out and then the work happens and then you really really takes on a new beautiful life and and it, it just becomes this thing but my fear is that like i don't know how to answer that without it being imagine if you if that were the feeling that was associated with the culture at large, like, I don't know. I don't know if that's good enough for, for the question. That's, that's where I'd like to spend maybe the rest of this conversation, just trying to get to what is the end point? So think about it for the individual, because they're not going to be able to go macro. Like they're not going to be able to go culture, right? Cause mm -hmm. remember for culture is like, it was that statement that you hear about the fish. The fish is like, how's the water feel? And they're like, what's water? Yeah. <laughs> like, like the culture is the thing that's happening all around us that we don't really recognize you and I do. And we spend a lot of time on this podcast talking about that. But ultimately I think the end result is this is why I got to that idea of learning or growing because curiosity then is a root place behind it. So, but when we learn and we grow, we do have this other human. So maybe it's like, what are our, what are the main human motivations? Learn and grow be safe first safety right that's the home that's the family but then to grow and to get outside of that and then usually what's out there is community so i do think you're right but we're gonna have to phrase that in such a way that people will lean in um you've got some people who are parts of community like my group tell us when people show up on tuesday thursday and saturday it feels like a real thing and people know that those people are going to be there and so it creates a bond there are um 
you know that group there's a group um i'm always following on instagram there's a, a listener we have ryan who's in uh in portland and they have a group there um and i'm i'm, I'm following his instagram i feel their community vibe mm-hmm. like i feel it like i can sense it it's there the way that they they use social media in such a way to draw in and not to necessarily attract but purely and simply to um show the beauty of the sport through the community element and through how that how is that not the macro view i always come back to the macro view which doesn't seem to create personal momentum but yet people want other people <laughs> yeah so you know i mean i mean so maybe that is part of the thing is that one of the things we're talking about culture you're being in the water and we can't even see it right i like, mean I, I can i can say that a symptom of curiosity and learning is always progress do you know i don't know how it would because you don't want to be you don't want to stay in the same place right so you, you have know? to move and that's progress in some way, shape, or form. But you don't necessarily want to say, well, point B is just, it's the right way to, it, <laughs> it's the right place to go, you know? Like, so I, I don't know if that lands. Um, well, you know, I do think that there's that concept of find the others. You know, this comes from the UFO, the UFO community of like all of us weirdos out there that are listening who are thinking, and I do think in running, there is a find the others element to that because there is a weirdness to it. And they always seem to show up in those, this is what we asked Paul. Like, this is a conversation we had with Paul. How did run text get to be so powerful? Because the others were going to where the others were. And if you build it, they will come in the field of dreams, mom tap, you know? Mm-hmm. So maybe you're right. Maybe it is community, but probably community is just one aspect. I think maybe there's community. I would say there's learning or personal growth, right? And then maybe there's, um, maybe, but this is just my personal thing, so I'm not sure everyone will vibe on this, but I do feel like meaning is some kind of deep motivator for people. And and that comes from the learning and it comes from the community, but I think it can actually be its own thing too. Like can I meaning really, be a, is that the same thing as your relationship? Correct. With, with the, the, the activity? I think that if you have a healthier relationship with the activity, then you enjoy it more, it's more fruitful, you recognize um, it's playing both ways, which is what relationship is. You know, it's going, there's, it's an arrow with two heads on it, right? Arrow on both directions going, feeding back and forth. But that's what learning is. It's a feedback loop that way. That's what a community is. It's a feedback loop. So maybe these are just different, um, different iterations or different versions of the same thing. And there are people out there who, who do have an experience with running who maybe our conversation of just curiosity is enough because they aren't in communities. And so they do their running. Like currently I'm running a good bit and I do not want to run with anybody else mm-hmm. other than my dogs. I don't want to run with another human being. Now, maybe my wife, Kristen, I love running with her because you know what? We don't fucking talk. Mm-hmm. We go out, we do the same thing and we stay in our space and then we come back together and we talk a little bit and then we go off and think about whatever it was. Cause there's, there's that deep level of trust and love there. That's like, you're free. You go do your thing. I'll go do my thing. And we're running literally beside each other or on a trail one, you know, five meters in front of the other. But I don't have any interest in a community because I'm already communityed out with all my work related things and creating this podcast and doing other stuff. Like for my own running, I'm really fucking selfish. 
But that selfishness is not necessarily connecting at this point. In some future point, it probably will be. But for right now, it's I want to learn and I'm just, and I want to feel something meaningful. I want a relationship with my body. This is why I come back to it not being mindfulness. I think it's bodyfulness. And anyway, we're, 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 we are moving in wide circles here, but I think we keep, we keep, we, it's almost like we're pulsing out like a sonar pushing out and then seeing what shoots back and then comes back and re recalibrating. Mm -hmm. So at this point where we're at is curiosity is potentially a foundational element for why we do this crazy thing. And if curiosity is one of the reasons why we do this thing or the reason why we do this thing, how do we, how do we make others aware of that in a way that moves it takes the running to another level. Right? I think it just takes running to another level by itself. By itself. And the, I think the biggest fear is that we would take the curiosity out of running and use predetermined limits. It's already happened. That's and what's happening that, every day. That, that, <laughs> so I think we can do, can we agree on, on that? It's hard to say. I do. Okay. And, in my lived experience, especially with pursuers, okay, these this group of people who are, who we're primarily talking to, who are people trying to get ready for a race, the people who have a practice, they're actually not really listening to our podcast. Probably they're just out running their four mile loop or their seven miles or their twenty miles, whatever they do, and they don't really are. They're not. It is in of itself its own thing, right? Maybe some of those people are listening to us, but so many. I do think that the group of people that need to hear the curiosity element. I think they just need to hear it. I needed to hear it, and I forget it. They need to hear it, but let me just go back to this other idea I have, which is we only learn through our bodies. Mm -hmm. So they need to experience the curiosity. They need to feel it. This is why it's so useful in the middle of a session that people are struggling in to ask them to open up to get curious about why they're suffering so much, because then they they're like a light comes on in their mind and then they go out onto the road and they spend some time working through it. And then they come back and they're like, yeah, no, that wasn't my limit or nope today. That was my limit. Yeah. I think I was thinking about, um, Eliud Kipchoge and no human is limited. And I talk about naive. I sounding naive. I know. And, and, <laughs> and I didn't get it until I really, I mean, everybody says, you know, Lionel Sanders, you know, without limits, Eliud, no human is limited. It feel, it, it was, it can pass by somebody so easily on like, you know, I'm not, I'm not just going to say like, just do it is like kind of like a, a, a caveman thing, but it's kind of like, there's a level above just doing something that requires, that's why I think Elliot is so important to Nike because he introduces such a philosophical component to something that's just like, get out there and do the work, get out there and do the work. Well, it's like on a deeper level, but why? You have to understand why that is. And that's why I think that pairing is so you know, he, he's done wonders for, for their running program, but I didn't get it until I really understood that what he's trying to say 
is don't box yourself in. Is be curious. Be curious. What are your limits? If I say, if I'm the greatest practitioner of this art, he is the greatest practitioner of the marathon art Mm -hmm. at this point. Certainly, and, and somebody might say, somebody might beat him and somebody might say the women's side, but there's, he's dominant and been dominant for so long that people are tired of him winning. So to me at that point, and you won't have that in the women's side, you don't have one woman beating everybody. Mm-hmm. It's every week somebody's beating the next person and it's actually growing. The women's marathoning is expanding and, and moving much more rapidly towards its, towards whatever it's possible very quickly. But on the men's side, you just look at him and say, he's the greatest practitioner, male practitioner of the art and probably the greatest practitioner of the art because he's done it now. And if he wins the Olympics in Paris, it, it's over. Right? Yeah. He's running, he just announced he's running Berlin. So we'll see what happens at Berlin. If he breaks a world record or wins there, or does something. And the dude's fearless. Like he says, there are no limits. And he comes back from Boston, gets his ass kicked, doesn't put his tail between his legs. He just says, I had some bad days. Some things happened. Get back out. No human is limited. What he's saying is be curious about your limits. He's asking you to be curious about what's going on. Right. And he's the, and he's the, if there's mastery in the event of marathoning, He's the master. Now, I argue there are no such things as marathon masters because the marathon is the master that always wins. And there's never a lesson that's always going to teach you a lesson because you're going to fail. No one's getting through the marathon unscathed. Like, you're just going to pay. You're going to pay the devil at the crossroads. (laughs) It's just going to happen. And But Kipchoge is saying, hey, you where you think you are, you're not. I, I agree. And that's Where why you think it's so you special. are, you're not. And that's and, and that pre- at the and base the, is curiosity. How he collateralizes basis. that is in every single thing that he does. Like, it, it, I mean, it's it, if you don't observe him as a human and observe what he's actually achieving, then you kind of miss the point. You can't just get his stats and say he's won X amount of times and done this and no human is limited because that becomes a very superficial kind of um, no human is limited, go beat the status quo. And it's not that. It's just saying like even he is putting himself on the chopping block and doing things that he probably, if he were to sit down and think about it and go, you know what, I'm tired. <laughs> like, I bet sometimes he's. I mean, just he has scared. more money than he knows what to do with, right? I'm sure he he spends a lot of time away from his family. Yeah, he has two young. He has young children and a wife, and mm-hmm. he dearly loves them. He's not to he's, lean into his full potential is probably one of the most fearful things he leans into. For something, it's like something's going on with him that says, "I am a speaker of curiosity to this population," and he's the greatest. He, and the, one of the things that's great about him too is I was talking to an athlete about this yesterday. I was like, if you came across the finish line at 315 and you gave your best and Kipchoge was there, he'd put his arm around you and hug you. He, he, he's he's going to treat you exactly. Mm-hmm. And if you suffer, he's going to put his arm around you too. And, but he's going to ask you to say, he's going to ask you that question. It's like, where are your limits and why do you think your limits are there? Like, be curious. And for Kipchoge, one of the things he does, you know, he's got a mansion, he's got a house, he's got a, in, a, in Nairobi, he's got, he's all set up. But he goes back to his training camp and he cleans the toilets and he sits there with the guys on the team and does all the things that all of them do. He treats himself no differently. There'll be a point when he's done and he's going to, you know, do other things. But at this point, he knows that in order to push his limits, he has to. So here we go. He has to honor simplicity. 
He has to go back to a simple place in order to stay curious enough Which to, do, is, to keep the ball rolling. And I've been trying to achieve that through this message. And, and that's why I'm so happy to have the conversation with you today because I'm actually thinking, what if in a social device we were to reevaluate, take an inventory of the value and start, you know, talking about this and personifying this and marketing this and doing all the stuff like what would it look like to me right now and I told you before the podcast I'm curious what a world with 10,000 Atreyu runs would look like where anywhere in the world I could go and have a home you know anybody in the network could have a home what if what if there were 10,000 runs I don't even know what that would I'm just like so it. so unpack that for people. What what do you mean by that? That in 10,000 locations in a given week or in 10,000 locations on a given I mean in what what kind of scale are I want to go about? back to Japan. <laughs> and I love Japan. Mm -hmm. I lived there for a while. I, yeah, I, I mean, I would love to go there, but imagine getting I'm just imagining this world where like I get off the plane and I'm in Tokyo and or I'm in Hakone or whatever and I've got a trail running group that goes and runs you know, with a view of Mount Fuji and it's just like, and it feels like the, the home value is the curiosity and anybody from that group can come to Austin and run in our group. Like it's, it's a real community, not just saying like, we're about community. Like what if you were to, my curiosity is what if I would actually put my money where my mouth is, create a web, a real community and create, you know, like what would that look like? It seems impossible. Mm -hmm. That's why I say ten thousand because I don't even know what it means. I don't even. Well, know. This is I how mean, you always succeed, Michael. You 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 said fuck Nike. Yeah, I'm gonna start. Yeah, yeah. You 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 also went to India to learn how to be a yogi, to be a yogi, right? Yeah, so yeah. You, this is so, the way you do it. You don't go small. You go big. So <laughs> I'm thinking, like, I'm wondering if that's my new race. It's a great thing. And it's a beautiful idea. And like the feelings and the emotions associated with having that connective tissue to me is it it it's enough to kind of just wonder about that utopia running is a simulation the culture is a simulation i've i i really believe that it's a simulation of a perfect world mm -hmm. where we learn and we live and we keep going and we move on and and i'm like man imagine if we could synthesize like a true network of that emotion and what it would feel like just like cascading the globe like i don't know like that's my crazy idea but well, in some way i think it's actually already there so i do you're, too so you're not asking it's not runners impossible. are everywhere and yeah. running clubs with these values are everywhere i'm not discrediting that right and you're not actually trying to place a tray use brand but on what if that were my world record marathon performance Kipchoge style like what if it were like you know what the world doesn't necessarily need another run club but no it doesn't need it it just needs to bring it needs to highlight all the run clubs that are out there <laughs> like what it's if to what if you them. could it's you, to connect them in a web, web yeah. you know so and I think that that's a beautiful beautiful thing and I think it would be super valuable for all of those clubs as well so what would be the first steps like what would they look like like what would it, you know, the funny part about this is, you know, maybe this is 
I don't want to go too far on this because it gets a little bit less kind of like interesting conversation, but I do think that I have this theory that a series of tiny victories, you know, is it create, you can create massive otherworldly outcomes by just stringing together a series of tiny victories in a meaningful way. And so what that would look like for us is we have three runs in Austin we have a Monday run. It's the Monday morning roulette kind of week kickoff. Wednesday is the full bird 10 mile. Friday is the Barton Springs plunge. We've we've put these all under the Atreyu Run Club. I'm like, no, it's, it's the wrong idea. What if they were just runs? Yeah, but they've got to, they, why, do, why do they need to do that? What, what if I said, and you and I talked about this, what if I said, I'd like to, in my, I, Telos has three runs a week. Mm-hmm. We have a quality workout on a Tuesday, a speed economy day on a Thursday, and a long run on a Saturday. Now, I generate revenue from those things. Those are the way I make my living. But what if I was so into 10,000 runs that I said I contribute to contribute them. to the Treyu, to Michael's concept, whatever you end up calling it, 10,000. I, I would like to offer up my Thursday speed economy day. That brings our three to four. There you go. I want to build one in Houston. I want to build one. What if you hit all, yeah. what if you started in Austin on seven days? Mm-hmm. What if you started with a seven-day model mm-hmm. and say, there's seven days of the week. So I'd like to hook, is there other groups, the Morning Joes, Gilbert's Gazelles, is there a day Gilbert would give to that? Now I can give, I'm not going to give my Saturday and my Tuesday because that's the secret sauce of my program. Right. So I wouldn't do that. But the other secret sauce of my program is speed economy. And that's the piece from my worldview, from my running view is the piece I do that's so different and so unique. And so why not give that? And it's not that complicated. It just needs to be implemented. So it's like, if you're curious, it's not a run. There is a run element to it. So if you, those people who just want to go for a run, they can come because it's a non-threatening, super easy warm-up. And then there's a really high intensity with big duration recovery after. And so what I'm saying is I can write up a little piece that says to the 10,000, for those members of the 10,000 runs clubs, this is a free offering. The only thing I ask is that you, 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 represent as a member of the 10,000 run club. And the only way that you, the way you become a member of that club is you just say, I'm a member of the club. Yeah, that's it. And you're welcome. But you have to state it because otherwise if we don't state it, then we're not creating a community. So you can't hide it. It's like the idea of the Christian idea of don't hide it under a bushel. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't hide under a bushel. You got to let your light shine. You got to light shine that light. So here as a gift to this 10,000 runs concept, Telos offers freely Anyone that wants to participate and come to our Thursday morning run meets from 5.30 in the morning, always 5.30 in the morning, always from, on Thursdays, always from Barton Springs Pool. It's the only day that we only ever only meet there. Mm-hmm. We meet at the end of that's the parking lot where the bathrooms the are. There's, yeah, there's only, like, it only meets at the, where the bath, at the end of the par- mm-hmm. parking lot. All you have to do is come in and say, I'm a member of the 10,000 Run Club or yeah. whatever it is you want to call it. Yeah. But if we had more of those people and maybe listening to this podcast, there's some folks who will I'll offer, it, offer up. it up. Yeah. And it's just like, and, and, and I'm, I'm thinking about this page that's like, and when you get it, like even a pair of shoes, like there's a QR code, you scan it and it's like, bam, this is, this is our network. It's growing. And when you, you go you know. to, and when you, and then because you're a part of that club, then when you go to Berlin mm-hmm. before the marathon, you get a shakeout. 
You do a shakeout. Special edition. 10, yeah, exactly. 10, That's 10, the whole idea. There you go. And imagine the emotion that would be. Now, that idea, of course, started with curiosity. I'm wondering why not? You know, well, imagine if it just did work. That's a pretty cool world. And that's a pretty cool force of what can happen as a symptom of curiosity and leaning in. And let's also say it's also aligned and um, how? Did, what's the word I like to use? It's um, it's aligned and in coherence with the Atreyu brand. It's aligned and in coherence with the Telos brand. And any other group out there that has a brand that wants to also be a part of this, they also get to be a part of it because there's obviously going to be a networking and advertising element without the bullshit of me giving you money in order to create this relationship. It's no, there's only one way that this works. You have to shine your light. Mm -hmm. 10,000 runs. I'm a part of the club. That's it. That's all it takes. You just have to say it, you know, and, and you're welcome. You're totally welcome. Now, if you come to my Tuesday and Thursday, Saturday workout and you say 10,000 runs, I'm like, you're welcome. I always have, I have always have an onboarding. Anybody can come and try it out. But after about two weeks, I'm going to shut your ass down. And you're going to have to start paying. You know? Yeah. <laughs> that's the essence though, is, is that's, that's what I like about the idea of, of the, you know, the clubs is that I'm imagining that there's like a mom's group out there and I'm thinking, how cool would that be? So if you had like a, a mom's group of runners and that was just a, they were beaconing that out and you could just like clip into and they, they exist. I know y'all exist out there. It's just fun. Imagine if you could go on vacation and there was another mom's group, we could badge it moms only, you know, like it'd be cool. It would be super cool. Anyway, thanks for the conversation today. I, uh, I don't know, Steve. This has been a fun one for me. I'm taking a personal inventory of what I stand for. I'm reclaiming my relationship with running. I am higher performing than I've ever been right now at this current time. My level of fitness is better than it's ever been. I've been doing some, and, and the funny thing is I've just had to let go. And I've had to let go of all of the pre, the the whatever you call it, the 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 baggage that I've accumulated, and I'm letting it go, and it's a process. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So, um, one other piece, I'm gonna I'm gonna call out one group mm -hmm. to see if they'll be willing to join our club, mm -hmm. Rose City Track Club in Portland, Oregon. Because I know one of you listens to this podcast. <laughs> Rock and roll. <laughs> Do you accept the challenge? They'll, Ryan will be come back and be like, no, no, we've got other things we're doing. But they're a nonprofit, so maybe they will. Who knows? But, you know, even if it's just one day, not a day that you do every week, maybe it's a run you do once a month, then you could, that could be a part of a thing. And ultimately, this is a way I love this idea by the way I think you gotta go with it I think you gotta lean in and I think you I really to. wanna do it it's super scary and, and the way to do it is to just go through the people who are already using your shoes those people who are out there right like they're and and the people who it's are it's a calling card for the utopia of the web yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's a way for you to get into a lot of the stores without having your shoes in the stores right like a lot of those places mm -hmm. they might also be I don't know. It's just super interesting. And I'm not, and that sounded like I was trying to push it some sort of marketing for a tray you, but you know, here's the thing. Um, 
one of the things that makes Atreyu so special is that it has a leader in you who has a soul and a heart that deeply cares about this sport and deeply cares about the experience of running and is curious about not only yourself, but curious about what our culture could be, what could running be. And what I love is that this podcast, it's designed to create the kind of space that says, we want a better culture. We want a deeper, more resonant, and more meaningful experience of running. We don't care who you are, where you're from, what what you're up to, um, but this is what this is about. And these conversations are purely and simply using our current platforms, Atreyu, um, Telos, in a way that says, hey, we're not, this project is not advertising for those things, but this project is saying these people who are doing these things are also interested in this larger, more global conversation. And Paul Carroza is interested in our conversation. Why? Because we're cool dudes. Yeah. And he resonates with us. Yeah. And who's and I guarantee you, some of the folks who are in Portland resonate with us, and maybe they'll resonate enough to be able to to throw a club in there. Maybe there's a group like in 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 New York City. Maybe there's somebody in Denver. Maybe it's just one person who says, "I'm going to meet on Wednesdays in Wash Park in yeah, Denver." Yeah, I figured Denver. it out. A club equals at least two people. There you go. That's and all it takes. I was like, we're more what, than what, one. What of does you? a club require? Jesus. <laughs> you know, it's like two people. Um, Jesus said, where more than two of you are gathered in my name, I am there. <laughs> so where more than two of you, where, where more than one or two of you are gathered in the name of 10,000 run club, whatever mm -hmm. you're We might you're not be it. able to use 10,000 run club because of the damn shorts. Oh, that's true. Well, we'll have to figure it out. Maybe it'll be 20,000. <laughs> I don't know, man. Hundred fucking thousand. Like I, I'm just like, who gives a shit? If you get a thousand, it's badass, you know. Like that's what I'm saying. Shoot for my my whole like weird. You want a practical knowledge, you know? If you want to go for a nine out of a ten, just shoot for a fifteen, and you'll probably get an eleven. So, full circle. Mm -hmm. That sounds grandiose in a lot of ways. Like that sounds just like. You said it's like go big or go home, mm -hmm. but let's remind everyone that this entire conversation comes back to this root place of pure, simple curiosity. That's it. And that's all it takes. You just have to be curious about what you're about and what it's all about. And that's what brought you to this place to ask this question. And so don't forget that in your runs tomorrow morning when you wake up and you get out on the road or the trail or whatever Take an it is inventory. you inventory and ask <laughs> yourself, num number one, channel Kipchoge and say, what are my limits? Because that's bringing you to a place of curiosity. What a wonderful prompt. And what are my limits? And, and, and what are they today? And you know, in central Texas right now, it's walking out the door and feeling, you know, 80 degrees and 85% humidity. Yeah. <laughs> it's challenging, but you know, whatever your limits are, wherever you're at, like they're, they're there to be overcome. And the reason why you're even doing this in the first place is because you want to overcome them. So, yeah, it's a beautiful, what a conversation, Michael. Thank you for this prompt and this, this topic. Cause wow, it was, uh, it was deeply meaningful to me to, to really explore this because it brings in some threads I've been working with and it makes me realize, you know, this is also a kind of a piece to full circle back to Paul's conversation when he said to us, you know, maybe it's an event, maybe it's not an event, maybe it's this, maybe it's 
the way you build a community is by having something that says, oh, why don't, why would I have just one event during a year? What if I had 10,000 events? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so like saying I want 10,000 events. What resonated with that was what, show them what you're made of. Mm. You know, he was like, do that event to show them who you are. I think to show them who you are is probably the thing. I don't know if it has to be one event. It could be four events. It could be 400 events. But I do think that you have to show people who you are. And that comes back to that idea of soul that I have, which is what's your personal essence? Like what's the essence of your group? Mm -hmm. That's what he was saying. What's the essence of your group? Because if you live that out, people will find you. Right. Wow, it's beautiful. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, thank you, Michael. And I hope you guys enjoyed this. We'll uh, be back with you next week, and we'll be talking about Maffetone, and we'll bring you back the system. Let's do it. (laughs)